because not yeah. only was he there for the march, not only, not only was he there for the speeches, he took his family there and he wanted to commemorate that moment by putting his child there as well. And I'm just like, if he can do that, then a lot of you people that have power and influence within our community can do exactly the same thing. Welcome to the Black Canvas podcast. We're back again with another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. So before we get into it, as always, how are we feeling, my loves? I'm okay. I just think I'm coming down with something. So yeah, boohoo, winter woes and all of that stuff. But I'm well. Good to hear it. Glad to hear it. Dems, how are we feeling? I'm good. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling good. It's been a nice start to the week. I've just had a shower and I'm moisturised and I've eaten and I'm hydrated. So I cannot complain, so I shan't. I love it. I love that. I love that we're hydrated. <laughs> showered. We're nice and clean, ready for yeah, ready for bed. Right. I'm ready. <laughs> Prepped and primed. Highlights of the week. I would say that we all got to go to the march mm. together. Mm-hmm. That would be the highlight for sure. Because we all went separately, isn't it? I went with Tops and then you and Dems went a few times and then we got to go together. So that's my highlight. I love it. Yeah, same for me. It was the first Mm -hmm. time we've all gone together as a trio and it was just nice to just, you know, support the Palestinians and everyone else that's Mm -hmm. going through a genocide at the moment. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was nice to be there as a trio, finally. Yeah, agreed. What about you? What was your highlight? Um, I'd say my highlight is the same. Um, it was just, yeah, it, we, we've been to a few of these now. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it was nice to go as a trio. And then afterwards, we went for a bite to eat. And it was just nice to kind of just sit down and reflect and just chill. Because we've actually not, the three of us haven't actually been out to eat like together for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to do that. So that was definitely a highlight for me. Um, which is an which is a good segue into this week's topic. So, for the last couple of weeks, we have, for the most part, focused quite a lot on what's been happening to the Palestinian people. We've taken a lot of time to educate ourselves and also to educate you guys as well. Listening, I think we're all on a journey here in, I guess, decolonizing our minds, um, mm. really going beneath the surface and actually looking into quote-unquote this conflict that has been in the backdrop of all of our lives for so long um so it really has been a journey um over the last few weeks just really understanding what's going on and open up in our minds not not just to what's happening in Palestine but just in general like there's just there's a lot going on and sometimes it can feel quite overwhelming um but what I will say is the recent um, national march that we've all that we just mentioned that we all went to on Saturday. Um, I think the official numbers was around the three hundred thousand mark. Mm, yeah. Um. So less than it, the less than the last national march. That one hit uh, a million people. But I think um, we've now been doing this. What I think we're like in the sixth or seventh week, and to still have those kind of numbers coming out, um, I think that's incredible. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, the energy is still there for sure. Yeah, yeah, the energy is still there. Like everyone is kind of just like on job. Everyone is, you know, adhering to every time there's like a, a new new rules in terms of like like this week was like please don't bring fireworks or set up fireworks. Like everyone is adhering to it, and yeah, even though the numbers aren't as big as the one that was for one million, um, we are still there you know we still have a cause and we're going to continue to march until palestine is free absolutely and i and i think i think that is the the key message here um because leading up to the last march there was an agreement to have a pause on a genocide <laughs> so basically it was a four day truce um between israel and hamas and it meant that there would be no more, I guess, killing, essentially. Unfortunately, we, one, of the, one of the beautiful things about social media is that 
we get to see things like live, raw, unedited, uncut. And what we've seen, despite this four-day truce, it doesn't really appear that Israel are adhering to that. Um, Part of the agreement of the four-day truce is that Hamas agrees to release some of the hostages. Um, But again, I don't think, maybe people have just been ignoring this or they weren't aware, but Israel have a few thousand hostages um, that they like to call prisoners. But a lot of these people that are in Israeli jails are women and children, Um, children as young as 12, who are just picked up on very, very like minor things like throwing rocks and whatnot. And they are kept indefinitely. Um, We've had some people that have been released after a a decade, after after eight years. And these people that they're now like 23 and they've been held for like eight years. The judicial system over there is, I mean, I don't know. I I think that Israel are often held up as the only democracy in the Middle East. But I mean, that doesn't really sound very democratic to me. So that is why we march, basically. I think that some people might think, okay, this is is progress. Um, And I mean, I don't really know how you pause a genocide. You, You pause a game, you pause a film, but it needs to continue. And I think that's the key thing about the march for me was that we understand that this this isn't going anywhere. This isn't a phase um, because people's lives actually depend on it. What were your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I was literally just going to say the same thing. It's not a phase. It's not a trend. It's not for attention. This is actually um, an effort by all the people in our country to put forth our stance on it, despite what the government is saying and trying to do and trying to fund. So it's still important and I'm just happy that people are still engaging in it. Um, like you said, Tops, like it was obviously a dwindle in numbers, but it's still a lot of people. And I'm proud. I Like I said, it's still a peaceful atmosphere when we go there and we're still engaging with the people on the ground as well that are providing us with a lot of the information of what's going on. And yeah, I just, it's like, it, it makes you feel a bit more hopeful because you get all the news of the like, like you said tops about the young children being kidnapped and things like that that makes you feel disheartened but at the same time the information is getting like this the um the israeli state has done something where they have now opened the doors for everyone to see exactly who they are so it literally is if you see you see it you appreciate it and you acknowledge it or you don't it's as simple as that so i said at the very least everyone can see what these people are on and I think that's important because usually you know they spend so much money on propaganda media smoking mirrors and all that stuff no we see you and we stand with the people of Palestine so there's hope Shah. yeah I totally agree with you like we said before the Palestinians are filming everything in real time for us to see so again like we said it's important to continue to share content and continue to be engaged and continue to go out and protest because when you think about it like there's power in numbers and Israel the Israeli government they have money and backing by you know the leaders of of global nations to fuel all the propaganda that they want whether it's in TV, internet, magazines, whatever. So it's important that we continue to go out in our numbers to kind of counteract that because at the end of the day, that's all we've got, people power. You know, our government, Israeli government, the US, European leaders that are kind of backing Israel, they have power of the government and they have money to kind of back propaganda. But the more that we continue to engage with content from Palestinians on the ground and continue to protest and continue to, you know, counteract misinformation and false narratives online, then we will continue to have as much power as we can to kind of stop (laughs) Israel from fueling its propaganda throughout the world that it has historically has. So, yeah, we just need to continue to be, you know, consistent in terms of how we are protesting and engaging with content from Palestine. Stand on business. Right, mm-hmm. good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, does, it does make me think about just how 
I don't know. I, it, it, what what we're seeing is such a polarizing topic, and when I really sit and think about it, sometimes I just think like it it should be so clear cut. Like we should, like you would think that okay, killing children is wrong, you know, like displacing people and a genocide, and the people that even want to people that even want to deny that there is even a genocide happening, and I feel in a constant state of like being gaslit because i'm i'm watching this i am seeing this and it makes me really sad and also sometimes quite terrified at the fact that there are people who are um, losing a lot by just saying what they can see and just speaking out against this and it's a really terrifying place to be when just standing up for what is right and what you would hope people that have a conscience and people who are supposed to be civilized and understand the meaning of democracy and all that kind of sanctity of life why why is this so controversial like it shouldn't be controversial and that's the thing over the last couple of weeks that I'm really struggling to grapple with with on my own journey of understanding and coming out of ignorance that why 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 is it why are we still here like why is this still okay why are people losing opportunities it's not fair like why is all of this happening and it's just it's just something that goes through my mind a lot when I just think about we are so sure about our support for the Palestinian people we're so sure that this is wrong we're so sure what we're seeing but then you've equally got people who are so sure that this is the right thing to do and it's crazy I think a lot of it comes down to what we continue to say is people's lack of um appetite for political language political discourse and political history and a lot of people have leaned on the narrative of israel as you know the perfect state and obviously when it comes down to social media they are kind of like locked into their internet silos so they're not they're probably not seeing you know footage from the ground from palestine as much as we are they're probably seeing another angle and of course they're probably still continuing to consume western media so they continue to see a biased view of what is coming out of um, Palestine and Israel and then on top of that you've got people going to work as well and no one's talking about it at work I think it's quite easy to see why it's polarized and then you've got countless people in the UK that they may be on the line, on the fence, or they maybe believe that Palestine should be free, but don't really talk about it. Because again, a, a lot of people are just apathetic when it comes to politics outside of the UK. So they just get on with their lives. And I think it's these people that we should be kind of like trying to educate a lot more because it's tough. Like, yeah, it's like, it's polarizing, but I, I can understand why. And for me, I just try to focus on engaging and having conversations with people that kind of want to learn mm. and who are kind of, who have the, have the opinion, but are too afraid to say anything publicly or, you know, with friends or family because of things like work or because of family members who are elders who don't really get it. Do you know what I mean? So I, mm. I can, I can understand why. But the way I, I battle with that, because it is quite hard to understand as well, is, is just to engage with people that, that actually want to learn. Mm-hmm. And also people are tied, bound, tied and bound by their own distractions. Mm. And I think that's what's happening a lot with people in the UK that are not engaging intentionally. It's like the issues in front of me of what I'm going to focus on and I'm going to be ignorant about that over there because it has nothing to do with me and I think that's the difference in perspective that we need to have is that actually it impacts all of us because the way our government responds to this is the way that they will respond to anything inclined including the issues that we're dealing with right now do you know what I mean in this country like we know our government is a mess so yeah. I just want to implore people that if you think that what's happening in Africa, in Asia and South America and the Middle East has nothing to do with you, it does. By the basis that you're a human being alone. Yeah, that's always the best. That's always the number one. Like, that's like point A for me. 
in terms of, okay, you don't think it has anything to do with you. Well, at the the very least, you're a human being. Do you know what I mean? Like you are a human being first and foremost, and then any other label you want to give yourself after that. But first and foremost, you're a human being. And sometimes that, that should all, that should be enough. Sometimes like that should be enough for you to feel something. Um, one thing that we wanted to highlight from us being at the different marches, because when you're there, it, it can be quite like sensory overload. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of people. Mm. Um, and not only is it a lot of people, but it's a lot of different people. Do you know what like, mm, yeah. it's like a melting pot of like, and we've said this before, so many different communities all coming together. Um, so many different nationalities, ethnicities, like it's just a lot, you know, young, old, tons of people. But even, even amongst all of that, it is, it is very, um, it's not hard to notice that, um, black people aren't really out as much. The very first march I went to, me yeah. remember Tiff, we said that we were like, oh, it's, yeah. it is a, it is a bit like spot the black, basically. Yeah. Like, there wasn't many, um, and then you know when you and I demmed went, and I know when you went, you said we, we all kind of noticed the same thing. Like yeah. there wasn't a lot of black people. Yeah, and bear and bear in mind, as Black Canvas, we've been to every national march. It may not have been all of them or all of them as as trio. But Black Canvas have had a have had a presence at every national march, mm-hmm. and every national march that we've been to as Black Canvas, we've we've all said that every march there's <laughs> not a lot of black people. It's like, it's like find Wally, but find the find the black people. Right. <laughs> Literally, I think I would say though, in the march we went to on Saturday, I did notice there was significantly more. Yeah, there was definitely more. But not, I, not a significant presence. Remember when we got to the um, podium bit? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I'm concerned about. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I want to focus on because, yeah, I mean, in a, in a crowd full of people, okay, fine, you don't see that many black people, but, you know, we're in London. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's just like we're not we're not in like County Durham, like yeah. London, like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Like, County this Durham. expected <laughs> to have seen a lot, a lot more. Yeah, like we're we're in London. I just right. I would have expected just to see a lot more, but but out but even more significantly, or what was lacking was on like, the stage, on the stage, and like having an official presence mm-hmm. because at all of the the national marches there has been official representation from different groups, right? So you've got, you know, the Jewish block. You have, yeah, you've got the RMT there. Like you've got various organisations coming together, Mm. stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. And I haven't seen that from the black community. Um, And... So yeah, so I, I I tweeted this the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Black Lives Matter UK, right? The thing people need to understand is that when you're mobilizing, right, on any level, whether it's national, whether it's local, like that still takes planning, right? Get, getting people to come together for a single cause, as passionate as you can, may be, it takes planning. And what we saw with Black Lives Matter UK, particularly in the aftermath of what happened to George Floyd, they had unprecedented levels of support. Like, whether it was white guilt or or whatever, like, everyone was just clamouring to do something. Organisations were throwing cash at anything black, right? People on the street, people on socials just wanted to do something. So Black Lives Matter UK managed to raise an excess of £1 million. One million, and we have spoken about this on our YouTube channel because there was just so much massive momentum around them. And at the time, it really did, it did seem like, okay, wow, this is, you know, the coming together of a community, right? Of, of a focus, something that can bring us all together. And they collected all this money and then there was nothing. And we spoke about this on our YouTube channel when it was like, all right, so where's the money going? And and I remember I remember very vividly the reason why I did not do- donate to them was because when I went on their page there was absolutely no clear I didn't know where the money was going. Same. If so, you if you if you're gonna ask me for money, I want to know what you're gonna spend it on. 
mm-hmm. it's the very first thing that that I want to know. Literally, like I I I've, I've made it no secret that I give to different causes. Like that's something that I do because up until very recently I wasn't really a protest person. Mm. But so I would generally just give to causes and that was my but you know, I've 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 matured, I've evolved, I need to be out there. So I'm doing that too. But at the time I just like, what are you doing with the money? And then weeks after that, there was this like, it's al- it almost became like a social media campaign about where's the funds? What are you doing? Um, and, and without going too much into this, because this that's not the focus of what I'm trying to bring out. The, the, what I'm trying to say here is that like, Black Lives Matter UK like could have been something special, but as quickly as it came, there was just so many, it became like shrouded in mystery. And like people not really knowing who ran it, mm. or the, how the it's funding, or yeah, how it was funded, and then it just very quickly became something sinister, or it felt like it 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 became something sin- something that started off. I, I I imagine you know very positive, wanted to make a difference, all the rest of it, just became what it was, and it's just been really disappointing that we haven't really seen. Um, coming together and the, I use Black Lives Matter UK because that's the only that's the the only thing I can think of that really was able to really gain such momentum um, on such a national scale like that and to not do anything with it or at least that I can see that's quite tangible and then now we have a situation like what's happening in Palestine but not even just Palestine We've spoken again about what's been happening in Congo and what's been happening in Sudan. And like mainstream media aren't reporting on these things. And an organization like a Black Lives Matter UK should, in theory, fill that gap. Because collective, because as much as like we're all really passionate about whatever injustices we want to be passionate about, like collective resistance needs a direction. Mm. It needs it needs leadership. It needs coordination, because then what happens is that you've got so many of us shouting and being passionate in silos, and actually what you need is us all to come together. You need cohesion. You need cohesion and then direction. Right. Otherwise, we're all just shouting in our different corners of the world, and it's not actually yielding any results. Because again, resistance on this kind of scale needs. It, like you say, we need to be cohesive. And that is what I feel like Black Lives Matter could have been. It was never going to be that way. It never right. was. Because, and I said this before on the YouTube channel, there was Black Lives, there was um, BLM UK, and then there was, no, it was UK BLM, and then there was Black Lives Matter UK. Two different kind of like movements that had the BLM ethos. One was kind of official and one was kind of, I think one like already had a BLM kind of like domain and was organizing. And I said it before on the YouTube channel, like this could be a perfect moment back then. What was that? 2021, 2022? Like this could be a perfect moment for like both of these organizations to like come together laterally, use, pull all of their resources together and work across all arms of whatever UK version of BLM to organize strategize before they before they look vertically and build up to say what they're doing or you know to raise money or do you know what to do whatever like get cohesive with each other and then have direction once you have a a large number of people together and it's like yeah not everyone is going to get along not everyone is going to have the same outlook in terms of what you want to do but the ethos like the foundation of the cause is still going to be the same. And even back then, when I was talking about this on the YouTube, just like in terms of like SEO, like I would Google Black Lives Matter UK and the SERPs would be like awful, would be like articles from The Guardian, articles from The Telegraph, articles from here, here. And then you have to scroll down to the next page to find out anything BLM UK official. It's like they just had no idea of kind of like, what to do and how to do it and I just knew from then that we weren't going to get any sort of like organization going on and I think we mentioned it on the YouTube channel like I think it was Basaya that said like we don't even know like what's their three top goals 
exactly what's what's their what's their mission what's their three top goals and like even now when you look at the website it's like we know who you are but we don't know what you actually do and this is the thing it's like you go on the website now and it says what is blm uk why does blm uk exist and what does blm uk believe and it's like these are great but it's like what do you do what do you actually do you know, and, and the website, it says that they are a member-led campaigning organisation working towards collective liberation. And it says that we fight for all black working class families here and across the world. We fight against racism, but also capitalism and patriarchy because all black lives matter. And we are proudly led by black people. And we are, um, we are a multitude, but we are not everyone. And it's like, yeah, this is great. This is great stuff. But how do you do this? That's all we... And that's all we want to know. But like, if you can't even do that on your website, then it's just like, I don't, I don't expect you to be on a big, big stage somewhere, kind of like, quote unquote, representing us. Because it's a shame, because we should be there. Because when you walk up and down the marches, like it's, it's our radical language, and it's our, like, our radical spirit that influences these protests. Drums and all sorts. Yeah. So you've got the chants, you know, you've got the whole, you've got the Palestinian Lives Matter, like all, all of these different things that, you, that we see in protests in the last, what, 30 years have all really been influenced by a black radical movement. And Absolutely. while it's, Absolutely. while it's great that, um, you know, we're chanting Rishi Sunak's Oasis Man, like I love it. While it's great that we're chanting that and we're using that and we're using that influence, which is great. It would also be great if, you know, we could mirror that on stage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, whenever I've been to these marches and at the end when we can hear people speak and I'm just like, where, where is that? And and not that, you know, I'm, I'm centering us in, in any of this, but I think that the whole point is that we are supposed to come together. Exactly. That is the point. We're supposed to come together. Like, no, no one is free until we all are. And all of these, all of these movements are linked. All of them are. And they all influence each other. We know that a lot of them link right back to colonialism, to capitalism, to the UK government, to the US government. Like, all of them are linked. And I just think it's really disappointing that there isn't a black block at any of these marches. Mm. Um, that we can actually come together as a community, even if it's like 20 of us, 30 of us, but you know, we, you know, yeah, this is our meeting point and this is us coming together and standing in solidarity with you. And then on that stage, because I feel like personally, I have so much to say and so much to add standing up there as a black British woman that you can say that I'm the daughter of colonialism. Like I'm from a nation that was put together by the British. Yeah. And we are still dealing with that conflict today. Right. We're still dealing with this mismatch of groups that the, that the UK government just felt that they needed to do. And, and, I, and I, I, so I see that it resonates with me and I understand that. I understand ethnic cleansing. I understand colonialism. I understand um, foreign policy being put above life. Like we get all of that. We get all of that. Like Dem said, like a lot of the movements we see, a lot of the coming together, the mobilizing, coming together, that is born out of the black struggle, mm. out of black liberation. And, and when I look at, um, you know, the 60s and the 70s in the UK and like how people, how they came together, they came together to do boycotts. They came together to say, we are going to collectively resist. And then I look around today and I'm like, where, where did all that go? It's because we, we've lost it. And, and it could have been, again, it could have been a good opportunity to actually humanise us as well. Because let's, let's be honest, like a lot of this, this is politics, this is to and fro and give and take. And yes, while we are all here to support each other, like this could have been a good idea to like have everyone there kind of like see us and be like, oh yeah, that does make sense, you know, like black people seeing the struggle. Oh, oh yeah, that does make sense, you know, like, colonialism af in Africa, like, we talk about it, but we don't really, oh, that person is actually really talking about it, and I get it now, do you know what I mean? It's like, we need to be able to, like, come together with other people and communicate the similarities with different struggles throughout the world, because 
at the end of the day, yes, we are all different and we go through struggle differently, but they are all in, they are all linked. And it's important for us to be in, to be in these kind of like uh, radical spaces in order to communicate that and to communicate our struggle in line with it as well. And for some, some, somewhere down the line in the last 20, 30 years, we've lost that because even when you think back to, you know, the Stonewall riots, when you like, like queer and trans people were like fighting the police and the police were like dragging them out of bars into police cars, like the Black Panthers, they saw that and they said, oh, wait, like part of my job as a Black Panther is to protect my community from the police. Look at those people over there getting abused by the police. Uh, their struggle is the same as mine. Let me go and defend them. And it's like their their politics and their views may not have matched. But when it came down to the pure facts of police brutality, like Black Panthers was like, okay, I see you. Yeah, we see each other. Okay, I'm going to go and defend you. So that isn't translating now into 2023. And it just strikes me as very weird because at the end of the day, like you said before, if we are not all free, then no one is free. And trust me, when the government comes to do whatever it's trying to do to us as a country, it's going to get us, the black community, first because we're the most vulnerable. Do you know this what's lacking? Here. Do you know what's lacking in in the the story you just told to, from then till now? It's integrity and intention. Mm. I don't feel like people are intentional about what they're doing, why they engage with a job, a, a campaign. Do you know what I mean? A political stance. I don't think there's much intention behind that. And then we have the growth of British elitism and individualism that plays a large part in what people partake in and what they feel is important. Mm. You just look at our peers, forget like the whole of like, you know, our demographic in England, just look at our peers and what they're focused on. I'm sorry to keep bringing it back to this, but it's just astounding to me that people between the ages of 25 to 40 don't feel like there's any importance in engaging in things that are directly going to impact us in real time and our children and just humanity to come. Like, if you just look at the statistics of where um, black and brown people will be if we continue this way in the Mm. next 10 to 20 years, it's scary. So I think, yeah, there just needs to be a a lot more questioning um, of the self and asking why. Like, as I always say this, like, you should be asking yourself why a lot. Like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. like why we were talking about this with careers like do you know what I mean just thinking more intentionally about okay why am I engaging with this industry mm-hmm. do they align with me as a person you know we're too old to do the cold code switching all over the place we should be able to conf- confidently say these are my morals and this is what I stand by and this is why it's important mm-hmm. and govern our life that way and not the other way around which I think is how it went for a long time yeah you're, yeah you're right it's, it's no everything you said is, is absolutely right I was just trying to get my thoughts together I think that like one of the frustrating things again is that like we see a lot of these influential lists floating around mm. influential leaders within like black Britain and I mean a lot of them are just generally like fueled by just like this whole idea of black excellence which is a bullshit concept anyway mm. um, but and then I just think like where when it actually like matters where are you like because any other day of the week these people are put on a pedestal as like representing us do you know what i mean like these lists they are supposed to represent the very best of britain or the very best of black britain but when it actually matters to use your voice or use your influence you don't say anything or you're conveniently having a social media break or it becomes too much for you, you know? Like this idea that, oh, well, you know, as a black person, I'm always expected to speak on something or as a black woman. And honestly, yes, that is actually all very valid. I get it. Yes, sometimes as black people and maybe as black women, we are expected to be the loudest voice when it comes to activism or when it comes to speaking out on injustice. That, That is all very valid, right? But I think that what we're seeing is is that is becoming a very flimsy excuse, if I can just be completely honest. 
because I think that there are just some moments in life, very few, but there are some. And I think that what we're seeing now with the genocide in Palestine and the conflicts that have been going on in Africa for decades, I feel like these are all extremely, this is a defining moment for us as a generation. I think you see these all throughout history, these defining moments that it really shows you who people are and what's important and how we move forward. And I think what we're seeing now is that moment. And to have these influential people within our community that are given the space and are given the platforms to be seen as representing us. And when it's time to speak up for us, you don't. It's time to come off that pedestal. It really is. You need to drag these people off that pedestal because it's all well and good me celebrating you when things are good. And I can do that. I will always do that. But when it's time to speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves, when it's time to speak up for the oppressed, when it's time to use that privilege that at once upon a time you did not have because somebody fought for it, it's now time for you to use that same privilege to help somebody else. You stay quiet. No. And we need to start expect. We need to start demanding more because it's not good enough. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like this should have been like the cut the cameras dead ass moment for you know people that have influence and power within our community, and that includes like you know the influences that we have online as well because we can't ignore the influence and power that they have. It's like this. This could have. This is the war. This is a watershed moment in history, and. One of the things that was really powerful after the march, when we were at all the speeches in Trafalgar Square, this guy held up his child, must have been less than one years old, held up his child in, he wasn't, he wasn't right in front of the stage, but he was just trying to get like the perfect framing of like Nelson's column, the stage, people talking in the crowd, and getting the perfect picture of his baby there. And I was just like, wow, to be that child in 20 years time mm. and to say, what were my parents doing when, yeah. there, was, when there was genocide and we we had to come together as a nation to do something about it. And I can be so proud to say that my parents were not not even there. They took me there. And this is the evidence to show that like, my parents, my family were like on job, they were on code, they were about it. Do you know what I mean? It was so powerful. And because we were standing behind him, we could see the picture. And literally, like, it melted my heart because I was like, oh, I'm so proud of that father. I'm so proud of that parent. Because not only was he there for the march, not only, not only was he there for the speeches, he took his family there. And he wanted to commemorate that moment by putting his child there as well. And I'm just like, if he can do that, and I'm sure he is just the everyday person, if he can do that with just his regular schmegular nine to five, whatever, you know, shift work job that could end just like that, then a lot of you people that have power and influence within our community can do exactly the same thing. Thank you for, for, for bringing that up, because that was one of the moments that I will honestly never forget. You know, when you, after every march, there's certain moments that you remember and you take with you. That definitely was for me because the baby, first of all, the baby was beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you're considering the fact that so many children have been killed in this. Um, and as we're listening to the speeches and they're giving us the numbers and we're just, everyone is just sat standing there thinking about how awful this is. And then in that moment, that baby gets raised on the backdrop of a Palestinian flag. And you're just like, this is why we're here. This is why we're here because like the, these children deserve to have a future. They deserve to be able to live a life free of conflict, of bombing, of apartheid, like all of that stuff. Like it just, I, I just, I just don't know how you can't be moved by any of that. And there's just been so many things that I've seen, but I think that like, there's a quote by Audrey Hepburn where she said, nothing is more important than empathy empathy for another human being suffering. Nothing, not career, not wealth, not intelligence, certainly not status. We have to feel for one another if we're going to survive with dignity. That's it. And that just really sticks with me. Um, and I think what we're seeing here in terms of privilege 
is that sometimes privilege looks like being able to ignore a crisis that others are dying from and the rest of us are working night and day and when i say us not necessarily like us but you know palestinians on the ground documenting all of this so that we can do what we need to do i i just i know personally for me that i've learned so much more about myself engaging with this um and i think it's definitely brought people closer together and looking at you know who do they want to be and tiff mentioned just this like what a few minutes ago about it's not just in my personal life it's also in my professional life like who do i want to be aligned with you know what values are important to me um i want to be able to be myself i want to bring myself whether it's to work whether it's to a march whether it's out with friends like i want to be my most authentic self and i and that's what's important to me and i just think that moving on from this um whatever that looks like to me it's not acceptable anymore to platform people who when we need them the most don't say anything i don't know we were just starting to wake up to certain things do you know what i mean and and, and yeah. it's actually it's beautiful to see because i'm also having awakenings on certain things and just being online and people are like do you know what no that's that's not right you know like no what why do you get to be quiet you know like we're risking stuff. What are you risking? Mm. And then it's and it's, you know it's even like you're coming on. Oh, look at the new Dior bank unbox. I oh my god. Like, can we read the room? I know I'm gonna. I told you guys I'm not gonna get blocked by some of my five influencers because I'm in the comments like, listen, yeah, we're not we're not really care about your little Black Friday club right now. Yeah, we. Oh, don't get me started on Black Friday. Like, can you please like have oh, some decorum, oh. like? I understand that you have to work. Don't get me wrong. I understand you have to work, but there's just a way you can go about it. And this is where we're talking about how you're actually creative with your content because it's creativity. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that you shouldn't be able to do, right? Those were rapper. Those were rapper. That's what I'm saying about the intention. There was a rapper who stopped his segment. I think Amanda Seals shared this because I don't actually know who the rapper is. But he stopped his segment just to, you know, give a minute of um, respect in honour to the people that have died in Gaza, right? Two minutes out of his co concert. He didn't need to do that, but it was only laying on his heart and he's a human being, right? And he has a moral code. Another thing, it's not about, it's not complex, yeah? Let's just keep it there. If all the people saying it's complex, oh, I don't know, I haven't done the research. It's not complex. You have a morality issue and you can be bought, yeah? That's the issue. So let's just keep it a buck, 50. Yeah, thank you for that. You're right. You It's a morality issue and you can be bought. There's no realer sentence there. That is <laughs> that is what it is. That is real. That is what it is. Um, because even if you don't want to engage in what's happening in Palestine, um, what's happening in Congo, what's happening in Sudan, like that is right in front of our faces. Because some people are like, oh, you know, I'm not black. They're not black. Why don't I, why don't I care? And it's just like, well, here's a black genocide. What do you want to do with that? There you go. There are black Palestinians. How about yeah, that? Like, and, but the thing is, there are black Palestinians. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, if you, when people just don't want to engage beyond what they see online or even, or just don't want to engage at all, then of course you won't know these things. But every time I tweet something about Congo, um, honest, like the last thing I tweeted about Congo, it went viral and literally I would say 99.9% of the comments are like, oh my God, what can I do? I didn't know. Mm. You know and and it's, it's, it's astounding to me um, that I go back to my earlier point that, you know, if we had more coordination, more um, more cohesive, then maybe as a community, um, we're able to share this kind of information because we're in an age where information is so freely available. Connecting is so easy. If people back in the bloody 60s, yeah, could come together to boycott a bus company without social media, then what is our excuse? Do you know how difficult it would be to mobilise without social media? Yeah, this is the thing. It's so easy for us to have... Do you know how difficult that would be to coordinate? Not only do you have to coordinate uh, the, the boycott, you have to also coordinate, okay, how are people going to get around? Because we're not going to use the buses. So how are we going to get around? Again, we don't have socials to to send out in mass. We haven't got WhatsApp to send out a broadcast. <laughs> so this, this is what I'm saying. It's just like what's happening in these places. Once you open up your eyes to them, you cannot ignore them. 
And that's what is going on. And that's what I'm seeing that is happening to a lot of people with just understanding what's going on. And just very quickly, just want to give a shout out to Congo Friends. That is where I've been getting a lot of, we've been getting a lot of our information from regarding what's happening in Congo and how you can help and what's happening on the ground. Um, So they're a Pan-African solidarity organization and they're about raising global consciousness. Look at me doing the spotlight now, but um, (laughs) I just wanted to get that in there before I forgot. But we'll leave all their information below. But in case you're just you, you you don't know what's happening here, like every week we're going to make references to this because this is just what it is now. Mm. I think that it's not a trend, right? This is just what's happening. And if then if there happens to be an update, we will share that with you. If there's something new to discuss regarding any of the genocides, we will share that with you. If you need a wake up call, we will give that to you, right? If you need to be shamed for your silence, we will shame you, right? That's what we are here for. That's what we need to do. We need to be holding ourselves accountable. And that's what we're here for. So we're, we're very happily doing our duty. Yeah, and it, and ourselves even. Like, we have a good track. 100%. Like, like, we maybe talk this stuff all week, so Debs. Yeah, no, no, I was just going to say that we are not above all of this. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we are regular, smegular people like everyone else. It's just that, you know, we've decided to do, like, the listening and the learning and then apply action afterwards. But even still, we are learning. Like, we're no better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's just that we're just, we just feel a little bit frustrated with what we're seeing within our community. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the thing is, for, for evil to continue to prevail, it takes good people doing nothing. Mm. you know famous you know martin luther king quote like that's just that's just what that that's just what that is like it it does it just takes normal people saying do you know what this isn't right i'm gonna i'm gonna say something like that that's what it is that that's what it should be um and that's why it can be frustrating when those people who maybe have a lot more influence than us more followers you know don't do anything it's frustrating but a lot it, it comes from a good place because i think we could just be so much more powerful if we came together we may not come together on everything, but there are some things that, you know, we if we did, you just imagine the impact we could have. And with that being said, as always, all the information on everything that we've shared and will be in the description below. Um, I don't have, we don't as of yet know when the next March is, but as and when, if you follow us on our socials, then, you know, we'll share whatever we come across. But also just make sure you're following um, Palestinian Solidarity UK because they are the ones that organise all of this. And and shout out to them as well, because organising these things um, cannot be easy. Getting all the volunteers and all that kind of stuff. So shout out to them. The route as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of work. A lot of work. So shout out to them. Um, So in terms of, you know, work, there's been a woman that's been, I feel like she's been working for like forever because that tour, I mean, I feel like I've been going on years. I just clocked me. <laughs> no, honestly, I really have to be. I have to be really creative with, with my segues. But she, I just feel like the tour has. Like, I went to the tour. I I went to the tour. I went to one of the concerts when she was in London. We're talking about Beyonce, by the way, guys. This was this was like if, if you didn't know already. Yeah, this was like back in May. Like, this was like, end of May, June that she came um, to London. This was ages ago. I mean, do you know how much has happened between, like, since then and now? Yeah, and whole, she was, whole genocide. And she, was, and she was still touring. Oh, God. At one point, I said, when are you, are you not tired? When are you going to finish? <laughs> she even had a, a, a knee operation. Yeah, she had a knee operation a month, a month before. Mm. Honestly, I don't know what, what they're putting in that IV, but... But, I mean... Yeah. I mean we're no strangers to Beyonce. Like yeah. at the, the very the first few weeks of this podcast, for goodness sake, we spoke about our excitement of going to the tour, going to going to the concert. And yeah, I mean th- there's this we can take a few different avenues with talking about Beyonce, um, because she is also slightly under fire because her renaissance film is being shown in israel um but but that but that's not the avenue we're going to take today even though i just really need you all to understand that beyonce is a capitalist billionaire okay (laughs) yeah okay so so just because 
she may use certain buzzwords and give the appearance of being a radical like black feminist here for the liberation of people no she's not no okay? it, it was giving very feminist light mm-hmm. feminist it, diet 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 feminism right let's be it, real it, it, it's that's not what she is right so either you just keep quiet and enjoy the music or you allow your individual politics to align with the content that you consume or you just or you just oh you just manage your expectations do you know what i mean like i just think that like because now people are like why is she like showing israel i'm just like um okay oh shut up man enjoy music and leave us alone like just it is what it is do you know what i mean like it is what it is like would it be great if somebody of her influence and status um, took a principled stance because you know people less influential than her have, but it doesn't com- it doesn't it doesn't match because you don't get to that status, yeah, by having those kind of morals. Exactly. So that that it doesn't it, it doesn't match, yeah. You don't you can't be a capitalist billionaire and um, like be a socialist. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so. So you don't you don't build billionaire status being ethical. Anyway, this has just gone down the road. I wasn't. No, but it's you know it's facts though. Tops, it's facts. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe another day we can go down that road. But just please be quiet. To what end, please? People know to what end. Just please be quiet, guys. Anywho, the reason why we're bringing this up, Beyonce up, is because yeah. So her Renaissance film. Um, she had a um a premiere for it, and like you know, all when Beyonce when Beyonce calls anyone for any people will come. Yeah, Beyonce has that kind of star power, that kind of influence that she brings out the she brings out Hollywood, she brings out all the A lists, um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so we want to talk about some of the outfits. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know that there was a world premiere or whatever it was. It wasn't until Dems that you said it and you mm. were like, you need me to do a review. And then I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, it can't be that bad. Like, this is Beyonce. When I went to go see it, I said to myself, are they in a, are they in a warehouse? <laughs> like, first of all, the backdrop is, I mean, it's just not, it's just not giving for me. Oh, the backdrop looked like it was from like season one of RuPaul's Drag Race, where it's just like, a fabric on a silver floor and I'm like high school prom the floor looks concrete it looks right. like they are in a it looks like they are in a warehouse and they have put that silver curtain that looked like it could do with a bit of a steam and it looked like it would be hemmed at the bottom like it just I'm like what the actual heck is this the looks I mean I imagine, and we said this before we started film um, recording that I guess there was some kind of theme. Um, Chrome, the theme. I mean, the theme to me was like, just please don't try. That <laughs> was what the theme looked like to me. I just think that like the looks were really bad, were really basic, were really bad, and I'm really shocked. This is Beyonce. Like, did you not know you were coming? I didn't even like Beyonce's look. To be fair with you. I mean, let's just talk about Beyonce's look for a sec. She looked like a white woman. And the, and the thing is, it's like, we all know. Washed her out. Why was that a decision to do her hair that colour, first of all? Like, she I'm looks not saying... really washed out. And the thing is, it's like, obviously, Beyonce's not a dark-skinned woman. We know that. Yeah. She is, she is very, very fair-skinned. We get that. But she just didn't... She looked very washed out. And the thing with Beyonce is that she generally sticks to one kind of style. And... I don't know. I just kind of wish it was. Just She's a- not a fashionista, really. No, she isn't. Like I think you said this, stems in the group chat that like her vocal ability, her star power on the stage, or whatever, it's not reflected in the fashions. Her fashions are her personality. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. For keeping it a buck. Yeah. But like, I think for me, like all I care about with Beyonce is just her performances and her music. Mm. Like I don't really care about anything else. Like I'm not going to Beyonce for you know, personality or interviews or fashion or acting. Like This is true. This is Beyonce, true. Beyonce is a singer and a performer and an entertainer. And that's all I go for Beyonce for. But in terms of this, like, in terms of this premiere, I was just like, 
is everyone okay? Like, you're going to a Beyonce film premiere. Like, I'm not expecting, like, humongous avant-garde gowns. Like, I'm not expecting the Met Gala. But I, I, I don't want you to be wearing something that makes your hips look, like, ten times bigger than they are. And your your breastplate is going to the left and to... Like, girl, like, serve me a look. Don't serve me like you've just gone to Zara and you're going to brunch. Like... There were some people that were there that looked like they were estate agents going to view a, a, a flat. Stop with. it. Stop it. And I'm just like, you're going to Beyonce, Knowles, Carter's film premiere. Let's show some respect to the to the event and the person that you're, you're going to see. It was really bad. I mean, he was like, who stood out for you as like the, let's start with the worst. <laughs> I mean, I know it's too hard. <laughs> But who was no, Janae Monet? Um, yeah, um, Lupita. What's 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 going on? Um, and then Hallie, babe, gorgeous, lovely, babe. Stop, stop trying to hide. Stop trying to hide the pregnancy now, babe. Okay. I don't. I think. She, I think she can hide her belly, because at the end of the day, like everyone's been talking about her pregnancy, and it's like. Who the hell are you? Like you're not her. No, 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 let's be real. Let's be real. The celebrities, they're you're gonna get spoken about. Yeah. Let let's 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 keep it a buck. They're gonna they're gonna discuss it. Yeah, I but mean, I'm not asking her to show me her belly. I just think like what she wore was an attempt to hide it again, and it's like we've gone past that point. I feel like she could just just be as just just enjoy your pregnancy, babes. You know, just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, I see I see both sides to it. I think that like we know you're pregnant, babe. Like. Yeah. But then maybe she just doesn't want pictures out there of her being pregnant. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. She, she may she may not just want those images out there, and she's she's entitled to that. I mean, I don't really I don't really care. <laughs> no, I knew that was coming. She's like, I'm, 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 I'm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I wish her all the best, babe. But I mean, no. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't really like the outfit anyway. Um. Yeah, it wasn't a good outfit. It wasn't. But so so who so who is going to be your, so who's your worst tip? My oh so go go on to I don't think I don't think she settled on one. Um, yeah, it wasn't one. I think the ones Lupita. I think Lupita just looked like someone literally just told her that day, and she had to run quickly and get something silver. And then Janelle Monet. I know that's I can see that it's her in there in the look, but I just didn't like it. Those ones are really standing out. Like, mm, what's going on here? Yeah. Okay, Dems. Uh, for me. It's a person called Janki Gandhi. Okay. Them and a guest. Basically, it's a guy in a white shirt from, I'd say, H&M and a blazer and trousers, black. And the guest is wearing a classic black dress in a silver purse. They look like they're going to show someone a house on a Saturday morning. Oh, stop it. That's that is literally what they look like. That is my worst dress because they've not even dressed up. Like you don't go to a premiere and look like you're going to a two pm meeting. I'm not, sorry, not a two pm meeting. <laughs> That's what Boris Boris and um his wife look like. Nicole Ari Parker. I'm sorry, they look like they're just about to go to a meeting about a property sale. <laughs> and also, my second worst dress is Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle oh. wore this skirt that looked like someone had wrapped her waist with a carpet and then cut then they cut it above her waist. So now oh. you've got this skirt that looks like it's 25 inches thicker than your actual hips. And the way she was, because I saw a video of it, and she was like moving her hips and, you know, kind of like getting the angles right for the cameras because the cameras were taking photos. And I was like, girl, stop moving. Because none of it looks good. None oh. of it looks good. It looks absolutely awful. Oh, no. and it looked like it was just drowning her, in it. Like it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. She, she definitely was one of my my worst dressed. Um, I really am struggling to whittle it down to one person because I just think you just need to throw the entire premiere in the bin. <laughs> and and I, it really, it really overshadowed some of the good ones because yeah, because you're just. The- you're having to scroll like your fingers hurting trying to scroll to find a good look. <laughs> it's just like, honestly, I mean, like Deborah Lee, yeah, 
she looked like she was go- going, I don't know where, like to a horse show. Like, why are you dressed in denim like that? Oh my god, she looks like a. She looks like Amish. Yes, yes. Yeah. There, there was just so many bad looks. Like Tia, Mo- Tia Mori looked like she was coming from the office. Let me just go and see Beyonce's film really quickly. Like it just everybody was just really bad. So I'm struggling to just find like. Okay, th- this was like the worst dress for me. I think it's probably easier to say who was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, Laverne Cox as well. What what on earth was she wearing? Like, oh yeah, that was yeah. It just was just no no. I'm even looking for the pictures now, trying to find like no nobody was giving. I think the best dress for me was probably Kelly Rowland. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was just chic, mm-hmm. stylish, the right level of drama without like overshadowing what the event is and who the event's for. Yep. Yep. She was giving face. Like she just looked beautiful. Like if the theme was what we thought it was, then I think, yeah, absolutely. She killed it. She, yeah. she killed it. She just, she's gorgeous. And I think the disappointing thing was that like there were so many people in attendance that you would have thought that would just kind of bring it because it's you know it's fun the theme is supposed to be fun and it's the celebration of the renaissance and i don't know it just it wasn't giving even rihanna my fashion icon excuse me hun that is a zara two-piece that was a zara shirt and pants like she looked nice i'm not saying some of these people i'm saying do look nice but it's like i would expect really to do a little look a look or something (laughs) another one that i quite enjoyed um, it wasn't amazing, but I quite enjoyed it. it was Honey Balenciaga, who's okay. one of the dancers. Um, and they gave, you know, a little, like, cabaret look, loving the nails, loving the hardware, the jewellery, the hair. It was cute. It was a nice look. See, even the way you're describing it is just, just lacklustre. Like, clearly, it's just like, oh, well, I mean, I have to... It's, it's not giving, but it. I I enjoyed the look. Mm. I enjoyed the look. Um, Jalen, Callan, Alan. Yeah, they dressed all in pink. That was yeah. Quite... I I liked it. I like it. I like this look. And, and the, the makeup. Drama. It the was makeup. giving drama, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the yeah. makeup is giving as well. The face is fierce. I like that one. Mm-hmm. I just saw that. Um, Chris Jenner and her man Corey. I mean, oh, I mean, no Corey just looked like he just came out of bed and just put some trainers on. Um, right. Chris is always in a pantsuit. Um, so. <laughs> It's just different variations of a pantsuit. Like, you know, Vanessa Bryant, bless her, she looked like she just picked up that from M&S or something. I don't know why certain people were in purple. Is it like a silver and purple theme? I don't know. Even so, for full disclosure, we mm. are looking at Women's Wear Daily, which is uh, a very, well, it's a huge fashion magazine for women's wear. Um, and it has all of the looks. Yeah. And even in this article... There is no theme. And I chose Women's Wear Daily because I knew that either them or Vogue would have like the theme, but none of them have a theme. It's just here's the premiere, here's all the looks. We're not so, worthy to know, guys. We're not we're not in the in the circle. Yeah, so, so I yeah. don't even think the general public are worthy of the theme or there was no theme. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they all just decided to run with the idea of, you know, it being the whole like Renaissance, disco, ballroom. They maybe they just went with that, but if there is a theme, as you say, we are just not worthy to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, I mean, look, we are look, we're hating from outside the club, and that's what we're 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 owning that. Okay, we are. We always own outside the club. (laughs) We are owning that because in this life, you can be whatever you want to be, and the last ten minutes of this pod. We were fashion critics, okay? <laughs> so oh, don't kill me. So yeah, so that's that. But yeah, go and have a look at those looks for yourself and make your own judgments there and then. But yeah, it, it is what it is. The, the the crown for me goes to Kelly. And on yeah. a very shout out to Michelle as well, because she I thought she's a, a good runner up. Yeah. Didn't she have like several looks? She she was like, I'm ready, come get yeah. me. Yeah, she's like, my sis. Although the woman's wear daily image was really bad because I saw Kelly's photo on her actual Instagram and she was doing like, she did her own like 
She did her own photo, photo shoot. shoot. Yeah. And then she and then she published like uh, a story of her on the runway on the red carpet, mm. and she looked good there. But in this article, her dress does not look as good as I know it did. She's just gorgeous. I mean, yeah. she could just show up in a in a black bag and make it look beautiful. So right. yeah, she's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Alrighty, my loves, you we've made it to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, this week's spotlight. So I kind of already mentioned it halfway through this episode, but I do <laughs> just want to once again draw your attention to Congo Friends. So Friends of Congo, FOTC, they are a pan-African solidarity organization with the sole aim of raising global consciousness about the challenges of what's happening um, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Their at on Twitter is Congo Friends, and they also have a website. The website is there, and there's just so many resources. They actually also produce a film. Um, so if you're just being if you're just being introduced to what's happening in the Democratic of Re- Democratic Republic of Congo, um, I would start there. It's about raising our consciousness and understanding what's happening, and most importantly, um, how we are all complicit in what's happening. Because I think the, the the difference with okay this genocide versus what maybe what's happening in Palestine is that like we all directly benefit um, from what is happening in Congo. We've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the pod, but the, that the mineral that they're mining for is used for many of the le- electronics that we all enjoy, the electronic that I'm sure you're listening to this podcast on right now. So the first step for any of us is to educate ourselves. So please engage with them, watch the film, read the articles, get, get, just get clued up. That That's just the, the most important thing is just knowledge is power. And I think that's why we've seen such a global call and global resistance to what's happening in Palestine, because up until now, many of us just didn't know. We didn't really understand what was happening. So yeah, shout out to them. Um, they're doing amazing work um, and yeah, just go there, check them out. There we go. Alrighty. Once again, thank you so much for joining us for this week. If you are not already following us on all of our socials, say this every single week, please engage. We do see all of you following and and following our pages. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, Again, also those of you that keep leaving messages and comments um, about the podcast, how you're finding it, please make sure that you're rating it. We're coming up to the end of the year. I know that Spotify love to do their end of year roundup. We'd love to feature on a few of them. So please make sure you're rating our podcast. If you're enjoying listening to us, share it as well. Um, Not just for people's enjoyment, but for educational reasons as well. Because as I say, we do try to share as much information about the various different causes. So yeah, have I left left anything out? No, don't think so. No. Alrighty. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care of yourselves, everyone. Bye. 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 Peace. But it's like, no, no, you are giving... Why are you now um, uh, giving them more attention? Yes, baby. Why are you giving them more attention? Why are you now retweeting their content? Why are you now... Hey. Okay, start that again, yeah? Um, no, why are you platforming Shut them? Shut Okay, oh, God, just cut that out, Dems. Go on, oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs>